when you feel it in your bones and like that's the moment to surrender and then you do it do you remember what the surrender uh surrender moment was or when you felt it in your bones Ooh. yes i think i do so hey friend it's david nabinsky here in brooklyn here at the portfolio career podcast we help you take ownership of your career and design a life that you want to live this episode is a hot seat episode with three different people that are on the hot seat. You'll hear these three people respond to questions from a live audience about any topic. Think of it kind of like a round robin AMA. The topics in this one range from transitions, community, hosting events, vulnerability versus openness, and so much more. This episode is a podcast mixer episode, which was recorded in an apartment in Brooklyn with about 20 people. I hope you learn or feel something from this and ideally both. This episode is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my Portfolio Career Substack that I send out every two weeks. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Gail. Gail, so uh, you, you've um, shut down a company in the past. Uh, when you look back at that experience, uh, what do you... Uh, what did you learn about yourself from that? How to trust myself. Where going into it, you always feel sort of like an imposter. You don't think you can do anything. You're definitely sinking or swimming the whole time. Fake it till you make it. You think everyone else really has it together in comparison to yourself. But when you're going through it, you start to realize everyone is faking it till they make it. And at the end of it, at least at the end of that experience, I realized I was someone who could do it too. And... Knowing that has given me a lot of confidence, even though it didn't work out, it did get shut down, but I did the experience. I jumped into it, so I'm really proud of that. And coming out of it, I feel like I can kind of tackle anything or at least give it a good shot, even if it doesn't always work out. Uh, so Gail, we we're talking about the gala and you had this, have this beautiful energy about your birthday party and you know how you brought people together and all this stuff. And one thing that you said was dressing up was one of the key components. So I want to know, what, how did you choose your outfit? What were you most excited about? <laughs> and who's other, who else came? The outfit of the person who came that you're most excited about. Ooh, that's, that last part is the toughest. But I sort of came together with this idea of, it's my birthday, I want to look nice, all that stuff. Also, my name is Gail, so a gala. Gala is a perfect pun, so why not do that? Um, but also, we're in New York. How many times do you get to dress up? And also whenever you're around your friends and everyone looks like so good, it just brings your energy up. Everyone is sort of in that too, which was so fun. Uh, this one in particular was my 30th. So I also wanted to go a little bit all out. So I was definitely going full length gown for this one. I had a little trouble finding the dress. I also had a rent the runway fiasco where they told me two days before that they weren't going to deliver the dress that I had ordered months ago. And that wasn't fun, but it actually worked out because them scrambling to try to find me a replacement dress ended up giving me a dress that actually was better than the one I had originally ordered. And I felt great in it, um, which was great. But also seeing everybody there commit to the bit, that meant the world to me. And I just feel like everyone there was just looking great and everyone's sort of talking about how everyone else is sort of in this energy. And I, I felt that made a good environment for people meeting each other too, where even the opener is just like, oh my God, like you look awesome, like great outfit, all that stuff. 
in terms of ooh, the favorite outfit, trying to remember. It's just honestly, everyone looks so good. <laughs> I was just very, very happy to see that. Like there's some wild like blazers and there um beautiful dresses that I want now and everything too. So I don't know if I have a favorite right off the bat, but I was just really, really happy to be surrounded by everybody. Um can you uh, just give us like maybe a tiny bit more about this party and like, does it apply to other areas of your life? Like, do you like try to do like experiential things like, you know, or anything interesting or wild or whatever for context? We got married at House of Yes. So like, I oh like this stuff. <laughs> Heck yeah. Uh, yes. So this has been the um, annual gala for my birthday. I I guess I named um, my first one right before I moved here, so about five years ago. So this was the fifth annual gala. But at a certain point, it, was, it started off as a house party, but I just was like, please dress up. I want to dress up, uh, so I don't want to be the only person dressed up, so everyone else dress up too. And that was sort of how it like started. But um, I also do like to host um, various things as well. And uh, I grew up doing theater. So also having people commit to the bit, whatever the theme is, whether that's sports or um, like 80s or whatever it is, I really enjoy that. Um, This one just stuck for my birthday. Uh, Another thing that I do like to host occasionally is gallery crawls in Chelsea just because they're free um, on first Thursdays and sometimes there's like free drinks and all these other things Uh, and it's something I just wanted to do myself so similar to dressing up is something I want to do myself and just see my friends Uh, this is something I wanted to do but with people and to me I would also ask people to I I was like I'm gonna dress up I'm gonna look like a designer going to these things but um, for the gallery crawls so I sometimes ask people to dress up too if they want to but uh, I feel that thinking of little small things like that that sort of connect people where everyone's in, again, this theme, everyone's dressed in sports, everyone's dressed in like 80s theme, it makes it easier to have a topic. Um, I didn't love Halloween when I like, it's not one of my favorite holidays, but it's grown on me a lot because of the fact that you always have an opening line every time you enter any party, that's a Halloween party. It seems like you've got a lot of friends. um, And I would wonder, what is the through line in terms of values that I think all your friends share? With, that's a great question. With uh, my parties, at least, and like I think um, a similar value that I like a lot is openness. And that can also apply to themes where it's like if everyone's willing to dress up like a crazy person, like great, we're all, we're all there. Um, openness to whoever you're meeting. Uh, so, and openness to experiences. So if you want to go to the gallery crawls, that will filter out certain people. If you um, are willing to dress up when some, it's someone's birthday and they're hoping that you'll be dressed up, that sort of filters some people too. I I really do think that's the the big theme, just because I I also grew up doing theater, but I'm a software engineer. I have very different, so many different buckets of people, which is I think also why I end up with a lot of people, I guess, coming to my birthdays and things like that. But um, they're all good people, and I feel like openness is one of those key key values that make it more fun for everyone to meet everybody. Um, when did you realize that openness was so important to you? Was there like an early either moment or kind of realization of this being a value of yours? That's a great question. I think it might just be related to some friendships um, when growing up where 
when people were judgmental of other people that just really rubbed me the wrong way or it made me feel like I couldn't be myself in that way too where again theater kid but also a nerd like all these things um if people were people could be judgmental of each of those different buckets but I was friends with all of them so to me I felt like they were sort of filtering themselves out from getting to know good people because I was seeing those good people in um those various experiences so I think that is sort of how I was growing up myself um and then eventually in college that's when you're like ah, I don't have to deal with the people that I that don't quite align with my values so that was I think what really brought it to life more being around those people who are willing to just kind of commit to the bit and keep doing things um but I think with these galas it's been a very interesting experience where people cross all my different like high school to again like my jobs and just outside friends and dance friends and all these things and I was trying to figure out what it was that made it so that they could all really get along and and sort of experience um the same I guess the same like good experience from that party and I think one of the years I ended up sort of aligning on it was that openness because otherwise again people couldn't just like go up to meet people and sort of enjoy that conversation or else others would be closed off and only in their circles. Um, and that wouldn't make it for a very good party, I think, um, at a certain point. But I want there to be enough people that I get it, some social fatigue. You can still so- sometimes come to the people you, you really want to see too. But I really, I really enjoy that. So Gail, you've mentioned that you have all these interests, like you have your uh, technology job, you're a nerd, you do theater, dance, all this other stuff, and you're throwing together these incredible events all the time. How do you balance all of those things in your life? How do you prioritize what to focus on? And what are you focusing on right now? That's a great question. Uh, A lot of the time, I feel like I'm just swatting at the things in front of me. (laughs) Um, And actually last year, in 2023, I had a theme of prioritize and focus because I did not feel like I was doing that. And this this year's theme is decisive and investment. So it's still kind of the same thing of uh, this one's definitely a curation. I think I've been able to just sort of keep going. Um, I've called my, or I've been called by my friends and like as an energizer bunny. Um, and I don't usually decide on things. I just do everything. And I feel like that was kind of the case. I saw that definitely in college too, where I didn't choose extracurriculars. I just did them all as many as I could. Um, and I'm trying to get better at that because I think I'm running out of that that kind of crazy energy. But I've been trying to listen to myself a lot more these past couple of years. I think also during the founder time of again, trusting myself and listening to myself and um, being able to trust my answers um, has definitely helped me with that. And like listening more of like what brings me energy, what doesn't. Do I want to go to this? Even if I still go, just hearing myself a little more in that has been a good a good process. Um, and then feeling what brings me energy, where it's like the birthday party, bringing my friends together. That was chaotic like crazy for me because um, I'm running around like saying hi to everybody and like it took a lot of planning and all that. But seeing everybody's joy at the party and um, hearing about, again, the people that they met that they really liked and they felt great, that just I'm still riding on a high from that from last week. Um, so that definitely is worth it. Uh, and then like dancing is something I'm still doing, but singing is not something I'm doing, even though I grew up doing theater, because that's something where it's like, I will drop and I'll do it. Like I'll always make it. Um, so trying to be better at at sort of listening to that, but I don't know, sometimes motivated of just being around other people is, um, part of it too. One last question. 
Hi. Um, it's good to know that you did theater. Um, what are some of your favorite things uh, about doing theater? What did you learn? Great question. Um, I think some of the biggest things I learned from theater is I think I would say like two, well, there's probably so many, but um, two are coming to mind. One of them, a lot of people hear about improv and those kinds of things and like the rules with that, uh, where for me, that's been a huge part where with improv, you immediately, it's yes and, no matter where you are, you're just working with it. And on in theater, that happens too, where I might have choreography with a prop, but the prop's not set right. I'm still on stage and everyone's looking at me or like I forget a line or something. You have to, the show must go on. You have to kind of keep going and make the best of whatever situation you have. And that's been applicable across the board with whatever I do, whether that's at work or um, in a situation like you're traveling, something goes wrong and being able to keep a straight face, like not straight face, but like a, um, a good lighthearted touch with things that can sometimes change um, and rolling with the punches and making the most of it whatever you have that's one of the biggest things that I've gotten uh, and then the other one is with theater you have a couple months to put on a show with sometimes complete strangers and being able to connect with someone so much so that they're your father in like this show and you have like that deep connection and it comes out on stage after like a couple weeks of meeting this person I think that's something that I've definitely picked up over the years which is also maybe why I am pretty social a lot of the time but um, being able to find a way to connect with somebody quickly but like genuinely is is also something I've definitely picked up. What? How could people do that? I th I think just going in their shoes a little bit, where whatever questions that get you closer to that step can sometimes bring you there. I think that's also with the openness of with theater. You have to play different characters, maybe ones that you really wouldn't like in like in person, but sort of knowing where they come from and whatever foundations or perspectives or experiences that they've accumulated to get to that point has brought them there and trying to figure out what it what it is that kind of got them there and sort of understanding it. Um, and I think questions and asking people about their experiences can get you very, very close to that. Awesome. Thanks, Gail. Thank you. Um, hmm, where to start here? Uh, uh, so I think you've, you've moved to New York in the past year or so. I feel like, um, what's been like the hardest part of moving here? Um, I moved to New York about a, a year and a half ago, a little bit longer, and the hard thing about moving anywhere I think is getting your social life together getting your sense of like this is your home and you have a sense of community there going and um, my first couple months I didn't have that as solid as I wanted it to be I was doing all the I moved around a lot and so uh, doing all the classic things like trying actively to like book stuff with people on one and then get those groups together and then like you know doing that whole type of thing I was really putting a lot of effort into it at first. And then I just like found the group of friends I have right now, of which many of the folks in this room are, you know, part of that. And um, that was the the real big, like, you know, pivot was going from like trying to seek that out and build it up to all of a sudden it just like, it wasn't uh, incremental, like, like wasn't going up a slope. It just was there all of a sudden. And um, yeah, that was, that was probably the, the challenge at first was getting there. And I feel like it's a challenge that's been won. 
how did you find that group of friends? Tell us how it happened and, and how you would recommend other people who are new to the city do the same. Yeah, um, that's that's a great question. I think that um, part of it is not a very satisfying answer. I was definitely very lucky, but a lot of what uh, Gail talked about earlier, this like affinity for really open people that are willing to sort of uh, take a chance on folks and then like intentionally include them, especially in a city like New York. So many people are um, busy. They've already got so much going on. When you see somebody who just, you know, plops into the into the city, um, I think that finding the folks that will give that person the time of day and more importantly, once you maybe have that for myself, I think about how I should be you know, doing that for other people when I see someone else who's new. Um, is really, really important. But uh, my specific strategy is that it's a little bit, a little crazy. Um, <laughs> I, uh, whenever I moved to a new city, I moved around quite a bit. Um, I will go on LinkedIn because LinkedIn has this creepy little feature where you can look over all of your connections and say, geographically, where are they? Mm -hmm. So I would go on there, look up everyone who I knew who lived in New York. And then um, like every day or sometimes every other day, I would just set up doing a one, one thing with uh, somebody that I wanted to like maintain or strengthen a connection with. And then after a period of like doing these one, one things, uh, you start like getting the people together to go just do events. You like put in the energy up front to make those things happen. And then all of a sudden you like have a ton of friends and your life is, you, you got a life together. But uh, I was a little bit like uh, aggressive about it at first. <laughs> Um, but the, the friends I have now, a lot of them are from uh, uh, one friend I reached out to who lived in San Francisco and uh, just kind of pulled me into his little little crew. Yeah, He's my roommate now, Tom Bashant. Not sure if you lived in New York or if this is the first time, but what is something that is uh, surprising or unexpected about New York that kind of different than what you thought coming in? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I had not lived in New York for a meaningful period of time, at least the city um, beforehand. Uh, something surprising and just like delightful about this place is that there are so many different types of people working towards so many different things. It makes it uh, just interesting having every conversation you have is like somebody is like a big theater person somebody is like doing podcasts somebody is like just uh you know every like someone like cooks really intricate cakes or whatever you know like everyone's got something here and the diversity of those bits like I remember someone like just earlier today someone was like oh I read like 24 books in 24 days or whatever and um things like that are fascinating there's a huge concentration of those fascinating people here in New York um more so than anywhere else I've ever been What's your thing? Oh, my, my thing? Oh, my gosh. You're in New York. What a tough question. Um, hmm. Goodness. Um. Wow, Gail, what a doozy. Um, I think that... Um, my thing is that I am... really good at um, figuring out how a new uh, sort of technical thing works. I'm really good at technical problems and I like to think of them in a very structured type of way and I am, I'll go a few extra steps to like make a thing or fix a thing 
And so uh, I think one embodiment of that recently is that I've uh, been building this little robot arm in my apartment with a bunch of just like parts I had laying around and I've uh, built up. And um, it was just a fun little weekend project because I wasn't so thrilled about my job. And uh, now it's this like thing that can like pick up stuff on my desk and I will be um, making things like that whenever I can. And I've also fully soundproofed like three different doors in the apartment after learning how sort of sound works. And that's, I think, kind of the obsessive type of little projects that I like to devote myself to. I love that. No, my question was very similar. You were saying earlier um, you're reapproaching your job search from a place of grounded confidence. And I was going to say, from a place of grounded confidence, what is your superpower? But it sounds like you're uh, like evil mastermind tech nerd beneath that <laughs> cute smile <laughs> um, that that definitely is a part part of it but i think that the, the confidence actually comes in um it comes from my not questioning myself so often anymore um now that i'm thinking about uh some roles where i'd be um basically leading more things i didn't think were like within the scope of things i could do before um I the superpower that has come with the confidence is that I don't so much question whether or not I have the qualifications to do it or whether or not I I don't come from a perspective of pessimism any longer. I figure out what would it take for me to do that. And that constructive change in how I've been viewing things recently, and this has happened like in the last few weeks, really, um, has uh, been like a night and day change in sort of what I feel I'm able to do. And um, the things I'm willing to like reach out for and grab for myself. I stole the mic. Um, just by our earlier conversation, I'm curious, for, as like a technology technologist, let's call it, what like are is something you're excited about for the future, like in technology generally or within your your realm? Either way, I think would be interesting. Yeah, that's that's also a great question. I am a, a huge robot nerd, so I'm going to uh, stick with that. I think that having um, machines that we interact intelligently with uh, integrate into our everyday lives to allow us to do creative endeavors um, will be very very exciting. And so there's this uh, this idea I, I like like to think about where. Um, planning a wedding is like probably really, really hard because there's all the stuff you have to do. There's all this like coordination stuff and each of those things individually maybe isn't that hard. Like you could probably like buy flowers or, you know, get a cake or whatever, but being, uh, like having to do all of them and have them cohesively sort of work together in a nice way is very, very difficult. And that's why there's this profession being like a wedding planner. Maybe you haven't like devoted the time to like be able to realize this vision you might have for, let's say your wedding. Um, I think that we will soon have tools that allow anybody without this like huge array of prior uh, like knowledge to build out the visions that they have for themselves, maybe like their idea of what their ideal wedding might be um, much more easily. And that won't just apply to things like weddings. It'll apply to all sorts of stuff. Like let's say you want to um, make a new event like very easily, like the activation for all this all, all sorts of new creative things will drop a whole bunch. I think that people will be able to make a ton of new things happen as a result of it. And um, I'm excited to see that happen. How do you uh, want to uh, be remembered? Wow. Goodness. Um, I think that um, a, 
when I think about how I'd like to be remembered, I think about the um, qualities that I admire most in other people. And hopefully by the time I'm dead or I don't know, moved away or something, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I will have, uh, I will have demonstrated some of those, uh, ideals that I admire myself. And I think that the, uh, top two that come to mind are being a deeply kind person, someone who's maybe going to offer that, uh, like reach out to somebody new and bring them into the fold. I think that ideally I'd show something like that and just be known as a kind person. And then also somebody who maybe similar to, I actually think of Gail very much this way, someone who makes shit happen, you know, who, uh, they, you don't just chat about doing something and then it like goes to the wayside because it's a fun thing to chat about. You follow up on it and you make that thing happen because those types of folks are the ones that I think move the world and make it fun. And so I'd like to be those two things or remembered as those two things when I'm dead. Hard to follow up a death question. Um, you mentioned community in your very first sentence. What does community look like to you? Um, that's also a very good question. Um, community is um, having a sense of people that you can rely on to um, to be there for you when things are hard, and also to be there for you when things are good. A set of folks that. Um, I think to some degree it's about um, unconditionally uh, being there loving another person. Having that sense of unconditional love, whether it comes from family or friends, is I think a cornerstone of what a community looks like. And um, yeah, I think it's it's something really, really important for everyone to have to feel sort of whole as the you know social people that we are. Thanks so much, boss. <laughs> Um, earlier mentioned that you're becoming a, a digital nomad, uh, and I think recent Substacks said, saying goodbye to New York. Um, why are you saying bye? I love New York. Let me start with that. Um, I've been here for 15 years on and off, m mainly on, but there were a few years I did leave. Um, and I'm saying goodbye for now is actually what I want to say. But I have to let go of what's been happening here. Not bad things, just it's time to move on. It's time for a new adventure. I don't know what that will necessarily be or entail, but um, yeah, that's kind of Goodbye for now, New York. <laughs> so following up, I read that Substack too. And uh, I think you said something like, uh, when you feel it in your bones, and like that's the moment to surrender and then you do it. Do you remember what the surrender, uh, surrender moment was or when you felt it in your bones? Ooh. Yes, I think I do. So um, this past year has been quite transformative. I um, I had left a job that I was at for seven years. Actually, I should say last year. Um, I had started a new job and I was miserable. <laughs> um, and it was the third time I was coming back to New York. 
And I kept on thinking, oh, like, I love New York. I love New York. Like, this is this is what it's supposed to feel like. And then I was like, is this what it's supposed to feel like? I don't think it's supposed to feel like this. I don't think I'm supposed to feel bad being here. I'm supposed to feel good where I'm supposed to be. Um, and so the day that I decided to quit that job was the day that I knew I also needed to leave New York. The energy of what I was getting from the jobs, which was very at that time, I'm not trying to say anything negative about New York, um, was just filled with a lot of um, greed, if I'm being totally honest, and I needed a little break from that. Congratulations on leaving that job that didn't make you happy. Um, What are you looking forward to in your adventure? Ooh, Um, being really, really vulnerable. I think I'm quite open, but I don't think I've necessarily been as vulnerable as I'd like to be. I think I have a bit of a guard up. um, And so I'm looking to kind of see how that breaks down and what that really means. How do you distinguish openness and vulnerability? Okay, so openness is like, I'm here, I'm talking to all of you guys, I'm gonna be super honest. But I'll probably have a moment in any of these points where I'll think about what I'm actually going to share. Um, And there'll be a pause and I'll say, okay, am I ready to share that with myself and with the world? Um, Like I'm open to trying new things, right? This is a completely new thing. That to me is being very open. I'm curious. I want to see what that feels like and looks like. Vulnerability would be like telling you, I cried yesterday because I was so joyful of like, you know, things that were happening in my life. It's not something I would normally open with. And that to me would be vulnerability. So it's like sharing parts of me that are more, that could make people uncomfortable, to be honest. Um, But they're real, right? Like, yeah, I guess that's kind of how I would differentiate the two. Um, I don't know if you already have plans on where you plan to go. Um, and if so, where are you most excited about? Um, are there, what are the reasons? Yeah. yeah, I have a few plans. And the most exciting plan is um, my mother was born and raised in Zambia. And my grandmother, who turned 95 today, um, which is absolutely incredible is still alive obviously and um i'm getting to go see her so i'm spending about a month with her in um, lusaka zambia specifically and i think i think it's going to be really special and magical because i've never really spent that much time with her um i do speak my native tongue which is gujarati but it's really bad so she'll have a lot to say to me about practicing um practicing gujarati which will be nice um and to just hear more of her story i mean we did spend a lot of time together as i grew up because she did live in the states for a bit um but there's a lot i feel like i don't know about her and i think as i've gotten older i have so many more things i want to ask about her experience um you know 95 years like 95 years starting in india moving to Zambia, moving to America at some point, like that is not necessarily a normal path. And so to hear how someone can 
assimilate, but also like stay strong within their values and culture. Like I find that really inspiring. And so I want to hear, I want to hear how she did that, how she navigated through all that. Wow. That's really cool. Um, in, in your travels, uh, do you think that, uh, sort of living that uh, lifestyle being digital nomad is going to be something that is a temporary thing to uh, get through a period of life or rather do you think of it as a like candidate for something permanent i think it's a candidate for something permanent um so the way i'm trying to do it is spending more than six weeks at a time in a specific location and Um, We were talking about community before, and I think I'm not doing this to find myself. (laughs) I mean, I hope I do. I'm sure in the process, but I'm doing it more to like reveal more of myself to me. And I think the best way to do that is through connections and relationships and um, building community in, in places where I don't necessarily speak Spanish fluently, but it's I'm interested to see how I will navigate through that. And um yeah, right now, at least I just have this hunger to keep putting myself in uncomfortable situations um, because I'm seeing, I don't know, I'm just seeing that I, I'm i am seeing more of myself and what that looks like. And so at least for now, it could be something that is an unsatiable, is that the word, insatiable um, hunger. So we'll see. Uh, what is your most frequent feeling this week gratitude yeah i um oh it's been a week so i'm leaving on tuesday um and oh i don't think i'm gonna cry but we'll see it might happen um you know i boss you kind of talked a little bit about having pessimism and moving into um seeing things in a different light And I think I've really gone through feeling that. And so everything that's happened or happening or coming to me feels divine. And so even when it's unexpected, even if it would be something I would normally say like, oh my God, what am I going to do with this? I'm weirdly saying, oh wow, like I'm so grateful for this. You know, um, I'm coaching and I have a challenging client, um, as everyone does at some point. And I think in the past, I would be like, maybe disgruntled about it. Like, oh, this is so annoying. And instead, I'm like, whoa, what am I learning here? I'm so grateful to learn this now. Um, it's like helping me as I'm thinking about what's next and, and how I vet my clients and things like that. So, yeah, gratitude. Um I listen to this song every day that's like about gratitude and maybe it's kind of like implanting itself in me. So yeah, that's the feeling. For the digital nomad stuff, what do you expect to be the biggest challenge and how are you preparing for that? I'm probably not prepared. (laughs) Um, I think the biggest challenge is going to be... I think it's going to be two things. So a lot of the places I'm moving to are going to be Spanish speaking and I'm not fluent. Um, And so I think what I'll be able to do is find some expat communities, which is great. 
but I would like to get deeper than that. And so I think the challenge will be, I think the challenge is going to be that I'm going to make it feel like New York, even though it's not New York or maybe not New York, but it's going to feel like it's another place in the U.S. or another place that's kind of similar to what this is. And I think I'll find that challenging because then it might like make me think like, well, why didn't I just stay in New York then? Why did I kind of come all the way and do all these different things? So I think there's gonna be a lot of mental challenges that I'm going to have to work through and more so of like, what are my expectations as I'm going into these and are they realistic? Or are they not realistic? Um, how much will I, like, I'm hoping to go to an immersion school for Spanish, which will help. But I think, again, that creates that bubble, right? It's like the bubble of the same type of people. Um, and I'm hoping to kind of break out of that. So I think the challenge will be like finding the, the like, how will I do that? How will I navigate that? What are the connections I'm going to have to, like, I'll have to be really embarrassed about how badly I speak Spanish, I think. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be mainly these these realistic or unrealistic expectations I might even have of myself as I'm in these different locations. What do you, um, like, what do you think you're seeking? What am I seeking? I want to say a little bit of freedom and knowledge. Like, I think because I've been here for 15 years and I do love the community I've built, it's harder to get out of that as you're growing. Um, and maybe like, and maybe it's not growing, but as you're sort of changing and shifting and sometimes your group is not changing and shifting with you. Um, I think that you, or at least I did, I should put it more in, in my frame of reference. I, um, I wanted a little bit more freedom to express myself and not saying that my friends didn't allow me to do that. They're so accepting. It just, I almost feel like it's harder. It's harder to, um, you know, I, I've now been sober for a few months and almost all of the things I used to do with this old community that I still love and will always love is around drinking. And that's challenging. It's difficult. So I think it's this reinvention. So that's what I say when I'm saying freedom. And then I think with knowledge, I am going so much deeper into things I didn't know before. And it's it's like kind of liberating um, of like learning and being like and knowing there's just so much to learn. You'll never you can never like not learn something. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what I'm seeking, like freedom and freedom and knowledge. Um, this question might tap into your vulnerability, so I'm, I hope you're okay with this. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you say goodbye? I think you hit something because even when David said you're saying goodbye, I was like, I'm not saying goodbye. I never, I never said goodbye. <laughs> so I think I'm in a bit of denial um, because then to Abbas's question, right, I think I'm going to be gone for a really long time. Um, I don't know if I'm going to say goodbye yet. I don't know if I'm ready to do that. Um, yeah, I don't think I'm ready for that hurdle yet. I'm being yeah even like the things that I'm doing like you know meeting my friends tomorrow and it's like oh let's have this like New York moment 
And I was like, no, let's like just get some tapas. Like it doesn't have to be that serious. I think there's like a little bit of denial of like what's actually about to happen. Um, which is, I think, going to be part of this challenge of me being like, oh, it's so easy right now. And it's probably because I'm not dealing with everything. <laughs> um, and I'm just kind of seeking this freedom. So it's kind of all probably intertwined. And there's going to be a moment of maybe breakdowns. But I call them breakdowns to breakthroughs. So it hasn't happened yet, but I'm sure it's coming. I think you uh, mentioned briefly earlier that you've left New York before. Um, was it ever with the same sort of desire and motivation um, that you have now? No, it's never been exactly that. So it's a good, it's a good question. Um, I feel like New York has kicked me out three times. <laughs> and that's why I think this is like a special time because I'm choosing to leave. Um, first time I had a really terrible heartbreak and I couldn't stand to be in New York. Um, the second time... I could have chosen to stay, but it was COVID and I had the ability to leave. And then the third time, um, my job had asked for me to relocate. Um, and I was like, sure, great. That sounds awesome. I'll be back. It's a two year thing. Um, so yeah, I think New York has kind of tried to spit me out a few times <laughs> and I haven't let it actually happen until now where I'm like, yeah, maybe this needs, maybe this isn't the place for me, but I've held on. I, I think as I grew up, so I grew up in Northeast Pennsylvania in Scranton, um, or close to Scranton, the office for any of those. Um, and so it was like a two hour drive. And we spent a lot of time in New Jersey because at the time that I was growing up, my grandmother from my dad's side was really sick. And um, the other piece of it was like, there wasn't many Indians in Scranton, Pennsylvania, if you can imagine. And so for a while, my parents' community was in New Jersey. And so every time we would come to New Jersey, I would be like, I am going to live in New York. I'm such a New York girl. Like New York is amazing. It's I'm sure, yes, it has rats now that I look everywhere. But, you know, at that time, you don't see that. You're just seeing the beautiful buildings and, and like the opportunity. And I think this is the first time that I'm saying, wow, I, I, I've lived the dream. I've lived what I thought I've wanted to live when I was that little girl. And it's interesting where I'm at in my life is like, what was the next thing that little girl wanted to do? And that's why I am leaving. Cause I'm like, I don't know if she ever thought about it. She thought New York and like New York isn't working. So maybe this little girl gets to figure it out. I don't know. Um, to kind of close things out, what, um, in about like 10 words or less, what would you say to uh, the people here that want to stay in New York? (laughs) (laughs) Look up, because every time you look up, it is like, holy shit, this is New York. Like, damn, it's amazing. So yeah, first one, look up. I know that was more than 10 words with that one. And yeah, the community that I had and I have and will always have was so strong, it's made it difficult to leave. So I would say like lean into that community. It's beautiful. It's something I'm so grateful to have experienced. Um, And so yeah, it is. It's the people that make it so amazing. It's the people that make me not want to leave. But there's something something telling me I've got to at least go for a little bit, but stay. It's fun. It's fun. There's you can find anything here. Anything your heart desires if you really want to. I'm sure if I stayed I could have done that as well. Um 
I just had the ability to leave, so I'm taking it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, friend. Thank you for listening to this Portfolio Career Podcast episode. I would love to hear what you learned or took away from this episode. I hope you find me, David Nabinsky, on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Also, if you want the best insights on the podcast and to hear my learnings, please subscribe to my Portfolio Career Substack newsletter that I send out every two weeks. You can find that on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com slash newsletter. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much.